I can't like pound on this pulpit and like thunder and um all right so we talk about unity and some of you know this about me and you might not um I'm in an organization called the people of praise and we got a little internet famous when one of our number became a supreme court justice and that was kind of exciting and all the news talked about it was this catholic organization blah 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 and then people that knew me that knew that I was in it they were like I didn't know you were catholic it's an ecumenical organization oh it's catholic that's what people would think and then I would have that conversation we would talk through and um, even when I joined I was like okay ecumenical like what's that mean because you hear ecumenical and you start to think is this going to be like some interfaith thing like how much we go in here and um, and we had a lot of good conversations and it's been really beneficial to me. And so I've raised my kids. I have five kids. And I've raised them in this setting of coming across Christians that are not like you and believe different things. And then how do you navigate that and what do you do about it? And I, I owe a lot of this back to a, a mentor of mine. Um, his name is Rick Underhill. One day I went to this church. And I came home and I was just, I was mad. And I was just frustrated and aggravated. And my wife was like, you need to call Rick. Because she didn't want to hear all my burp, burp, burp. <laughs> and I did. And I called him and I told him I was frustrated. And he said, why are you frustrated? And I was like, I just told you why I was frustrated. Well, because blah, 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 I told him. And he said, but why are you frustrated? Well, they blah, 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 blah. And he said, well, that's what they did. Why are you frustrated? I don't know. And he's like, you're frustrated because you don't know. So here's what I want you to do. And he had, we had this relationship where he, here's what you're going to do. You're going to get a note card. And you're going to, I was, I'll just tell you, I was frustrated about the preaching. Okay, so he said, you're going to get a note card, like four by six note card, and you're going to write on the top preaching. And then you're going to go through the scriptures and you're going to dive into Bible commentaries and you're going to watch YouTube videos and just every source you can and talk to people and write down on that note card every scripture you can find about preaching, whether you like it or not. Okay, and they said, and then do it with every topic you can. Find every topic you can, and just anytime something comes up, can you have drums in church? I didn't even know that was a topic until I went to a church where they didn't allow drums. Whoa, drums in church! I'm gonna make a note card on that. What about women preachers? Oh, they don't call her a pastor; they call her a director. Keep everybody happy. <laughs> So I wrote on my card, women directors. <laughs> you just go through that list and you go and you go and you make note card after note card after note card. And then you start reading the Bible and you're reading the Bible anyway and you're just having this life. And all of a sudden you come across this line in 1 Timothy where it says women shouldn't be allowed to write, speak in church. And you're like, oh, I don't like the sound of that. But I'm going to put it on my card. 
on the card about women preaching church, right? And then you keep going, and all of a sudden you read in Acts that Timothy, the or no, Philip the evangelist that baptized the Ethiopian and then disappeared and went to this other city, and then he went across over to Caesarea, and he stops. And you're like, oh, well, that's kind of cool. And then like 19 chapters later, you guys, Paul is on his way back to Jerusalem. The Holy Spirit has told him over and over, you're going to go to jail. But he stops off at the home of Philip of Caesarea. And it's like the last episode of the season where they bring all the cameos of everybody that's been in the show all season. You're like, yeah, they brought him back. They, in this, when Paul is going to... They bring, they bring back Agabus, the prophet, who's like mentioned way earlier and predicted the famine. That's the whole reason why he's carrying the money to Jerusalem in the first place. And they bring back Philip and they say, Philip had four daughters who prophesied. But I think if they weren't allowed to speak in church, how did anybody know they prophesied? I need to put that on my women director's note card. And so you've got... You, you guys, get a transubstantiation note card. <laughs> you get a note card about communion. Can visitors to my church that I haven't seen baptized have communion? Write those questions on there. Can the uh, worship band cut off the preacher because he's going too long? Sermon length. I can answer that one. Yes, we can. No, we cannot. Then you put that verse about Eutychus, who Paul preached all night long, and Eutychus fell asleep in the windowsill and fell out dead. You put that verse on there, and then you put the verse where Paul raised him back from the dead and kept on preaching through the night, it says. Yes. He did not stop preaching. The dude died. He brought him back to life and they keep on preaching. And they had and then it says, and then they broke bread. Like all that was and then they had communion. So you put communion on the card. Is it a wafer? Is it a pez? Is it a piece of bread? <laughs> I grew up in the Catholic Church, and the first time I had some Protestant Pez, I was like, what the heck is this? I know the body of Christ. This ain't the body of Christ. <laughs> and all the Protestants were like, that's right. <laughs> so then, that's going to take you like three or four years. And you're going to have a whole lot of note cards. And you'll come across things. And you'll be like, that lady is in our church waving a flag. That's weird. I'm not used to that. Have you ever been to a flag-waving church? And you're like, I need a note card for that. <laughs> and you put it down, and then all of a sudden you see all the crazy things that people do to worship God, and you're like, I would not wave a flag, but I can totally worship in a church with a lady waving a flag. That is awesome. And what starts to happen as you're making these cards is you figure out why you're frustrated and then you realize, you know what, that is totally cool. That is totally cool for Matt to preach for 35 minutes and for the worship band to cut him off. Amen. <laughs> that is totally fine for these people to have a three-hour church service and to just preach. Because my note card, I know what I believe about it. And it's not just based on how what I grew up in. 
It's not just based on my preference. So then Rick plays the bad card on me, like he does. And he says, okay, once you got all those cards, I want you to lay them all out. And in John 17, Jesus prayed, Lord, may they be one like you and I are one. You know where this is going, don't you? So Acts 15, the whole book of Acts is change management. Like you could read the whole book of Acts and be like, this is totally how churches either learn how to change or they die. The whole book of Acts, you guys. And all the way up until Acts 15, it is Jewish believers becoming Christians and following Jesus and pretty much not changing anything except that they follow Jesus. They still go to the temple every day. They still congregate the way a traditional synagogue would, would congregate. But Acts 15, they realize there's a bunch of Gentile pagan people that are following Jesus, and we want them to follow Jesus, but whoa, whoa, <laughs> whoa, whoa, whoa. This, they can't be bringing bacon to the potluck. <laughs> that, we can't do that. And they start to make rules, and they start to figure it out, and there's conflict because in reality, they don't say this explicitly, but there's more Gentiles than there's Jews. And if Jesus came to save the world, he's going to save a whole lot more Gentiles than he's going to save Jewish people. And so how do we reconcile? How do we make this? And they don't know how to do it. Just like I didn't know what I believe that preaching should be. And so they write up this thing in Acts 15 and they say, don't eat animals that are killed in this way. That was probably a sacrifice to idols. Uh, stay away from sexual impurity. They give these very simple rules. And they said, that's it. Jewish people, you can keep on being Jewish. When Paul got arrested like the final time and taken to prison, he was paying for four Jewish guys to complete a very Jewish vow he was paying out of his own pocket. Each one of them had to have a boy sheep, a girl sheep, and a goat, and a whole bunch of pieces of bread, and a whole bunch of oil, which would be very expensive. A goat would feed 10 people. So imagine for each one of these people, you got dinner for 30, and their bread, and their rolls, and you pay for their haircuts, because that was part of the thing. <laughs> Super expensive, extremely Jewish. <coughs> and Paul is doing that. So it's not the end of, you can still do the Jewish things, Jewish people. But all you Gentile people, all you have to do is this. James even quotes the letter that they wrote in Acts 15 in Acts 23. So it was still having some, some standing. So you have note cards on your table. And I want you to grab... We're just going to do a little exercise. Come on, workshop man. You got this. And I don't want you to show anybody what you write. And I, if, if you preach and teach, I do not want you to use this to write your sermons. Because... It says at the end of Romans, the things that you believe about these things, don't tell anybody. Keep it between you and God. 
Because if I say something really, really awesome, and then I reveal to you, oh, but he likes fried chicken. You will do the, uh, the logical fallacy, right? And you'll be like, oh, I can't listen to anything he says. Mm-hmm. Never, tr- never trust a preacher without a watch. Never touch a bo- trust a bald barber, right? <laughs> we write them off. So you're for these note cards to work the best, you're going to have to write substantiation on there. What do I believe about tongues? What do I believe about prophecy? And you write those things down there and you write down the verses and you write down what you think about and you write down quotes from different people. And then, like I said, the body of Christ is a body. We are, we are unity. And unity happens when we're joined to one head who is Christ. So as you do that, you start to realize who you want your head to be. Do I want my head to be that you're only allowed to speak in tongues if you have an interpreter? Do I want my head that I am united under to be that I'm never going to listen to a women preacher? Do I want the head that I am united under to be Jesus Christ is the only begotten Son of God who came in the flesh and died for my sins? Make a card of that. It's important. Even the stuff that you think is a given. Make a card of that. Write down the verses about it and then write down what you believe about it. So then, you put all these out on the table. You read John 17 about what Jesus prayed that we would be one as he and the Father are one. And then you pick up the cards that are the thing that you will divide over. I will chop off a leg of the body of Christ over this issue. Because when I say I don't go to that church anymore because they preach blank, you chop off a leg of the body of Christ. Now, I'm not saying anything goes. That's why you have a card that says Jesus Christ is Lord. He came in the flesh. And you pick that card up. Because technically, if they don't believe that, you're not really chopping off a leg of the body of Christ. (laughs) Right? So you are going to pick up some of those cards. And all of a sudden, you might pick up the card that says, I'm not going to listen to an LGBTQ person preach the Bible to me. And you might pick that up. And then you might, at some point, have a conversation with somebody and be like, dang, that person loves the Lord and struggles with their sin not as much as that greedy, self-centered pastor I talked to next to Dan today. Oh. <laughs> oh, I love you guys. You are so lit. That was so perfect. You guys were just played right into my plan on that. Reach, reach. You're going to have these cards, and that's why they're cards. Because you're going to shuffle them. You're going to shuffle them, and you'll have your box of. We're going to chop up over this. If you and God allows you so much freedom. He gives you he loves you so dearly. Your salvation is probably only based on the card that says that Jesus Christ was the only son of God, came in the flesh as a man, died on the cross for your sins and rose again. 
every one of those other cards is not an entry ticket to heaven or hell, right? Your actions on them might be, could, could really mess things up. But God loves you so much, he wants to show you stuff. So when they're cards, you can reshuffle those suckers. And you keep Jesus in the front. Because he is the head under which we are the body. And the rest of the parts of the body, fingernails get trimmed, right? Beards get cut. If it's not a part that should be there, you cut it. But the best thing is you know why. And so I can sit and I can go and I can hear a preacher talk and I can be like, you know what? That's not how I preach because this, this, and this, and this. But that guy's all right. I can still eat fried chicken with him. <laughs> it's cool. Oh, this guy. He chooses this political party or this current fad or this movement or whatever. I don't do that. And I know exactly why. I can tell you the verses. When I was a pastor at the rescue mission, we'd have all these preachers come in and the guys would complain at me. I'd be like, you cannot complain to me about a preacher unless you have chapter and verse. Bring me chapter and verse and we will have a conversation about how bad that preacher was. And we might have the same one. I might be on your side. That happens sometimes too. And they were really surprised. Oh, I was like, yeah, he was wrong here because it says here, we're saved by grace, not through works, lest anyone should boast, right? Here's what will happen. You'll know what you stand for. You'll know what you believe in. You'll know your side. You'll know what believe you believe about it. You'll be able to explain it to other people clearly and with authority. And that will bring about unity. Because we're supposed to be, we're not supposed to be united under whether or not you can wave a flag in church or not, right? We're supposed to be united under Christ. So, I don't want you to fill out the note card now, but I want you to take it with you as a token to know, gosh, Dan's talk was so lousy today. <laughs> and you write, lunchtime devotional. What does the scripture say? Lunch, exhort, rebuke with all authority. That's what I think it means. That's one of those verses, right? And then start building that. And all of a sudden you'll get like this whole you know, ask other people, dig up commentaries, go meet with people, ask them to tell you about tongues, ask them to tell you about why is that lady waving the flag in church, whatever. Ask them what transubstantiation. The other, just anecdote, some of your things that you think you believe will change. And you'll be like, oh my gosh, I became a whatever, a post-trib, millennial, a-trib, AFib, whatever. <laughs> and be open to that as you read the scriptures. So I have no idea what time it is because this church doesn't believe in having a clock. <laughs> I'm going to put that on my card. How long should the sermon be? But I, I would like to pray for our unity and our growth and our wisdom. And then I want to thank God for what he will do in that. Because... He does it over and over in Acts, guys. It's just like a chorus. It's like, a, yeah. All right. Jesus, you are so holy and so awesome. And we praise you, Lord, that we have confidence that you died on the cross for our sins and that you rose from the dead and that you give us everlasting life. You have put your Holy Spirit in us and that you have 
put us into the world with your peace to bring about your kingdom as we as we are sown like like weeds among the wheat and i pray that you would move in in this group specifically lord that you would move in us as leaders that we would not divide over preferences but that we would unite under you jesus that we would unite under your headship and under your authority and that when it comes to all the disputable matters uh, of which there's an infinite number, you would give us wisdom and discernment to know um, what what you wanted us to do in various situations and cases and gift us with the power to teach that, to teach that to others and to show your love. We love you, we thank you, and we praise you, Lord. Bless all of our congregations too. I pray that this would carry over into them and that a spirit of unity would come upon your church like never before. Thank you, Lord. Amen. Amen.